0: Out of the moonless night. Ooh, that was the wrong lyrics. I heard the wolves cry. Okay, let's try again. Out of the. Oh, I keep doing the wrong lyrics! <laughs> Out of the dark the circle Under the moonless sky I heard the wolves cry to this part. It goes I saw her conjure fire from the depths of just gonna have to be good enough welcome coven to another midnight spa. we are in a different part of my house i have no idea if you can even hear my voice because we're in a different part of my house i'm my mic is like right here so i'm gonna look this way to talk into it um but oh whatever i'll look wherever i want um If you're listening to this and you're not watching it, my eyes look scary. Also, you may hear me take a swig out of my water here and there. Uh, I live in a really weird climate. I live in the Midwest. Um, If you're not from the Midwest, or even from the United States, I feel like if you're from the United States, you hear people from the Midwest complain about the Midwest weather constantly. But if you're not, if you don't really know anything about Midwest weather, um, it is in the middle of a giant piece of land And it's not like that land spans a huge part of the northern hemisphere and so you like basically we get crazy weather patterns here um, because we have from the north like from Canada we have all of those like uh, I guess would be low pressure I don't know we have cold fronts coming in from Am I a weatherman now? Maybe I am. But we have cold fronts coming in from the north, from um, Canada, and then from the south, like from um, Central America, and even just like the southern United States. We have like all the warm fronts, plus we have a lot of tropical weather that makes its way up to us. Um, And we're on the other, we're on the eastern side of the Rocky Mountains, so we have like all of the weather that comes off over the mountains. And it all converges, which is why you have a lot of things like tornadoes and such here. Um, but in I live in Missouri, and in the summer it's extremely humid, and then instantly it turns extremely dry in the winter, or at least comparatively compared to how it has been over the summer. It's really dry. So like my hands are, it, and it just happened like just this week. That's another thing about weather here is it. There's no gradual, like, nothing is gradual. It's just like, bam, alright, it's fall. Like, today is fall now, so, like, get with it. And that basically happened this weekend, and now all my hands are cracked. My, like, lips are super chapped. My face, I've been, like, lotioning myself all, like, every few minutes. So I have to really hydrate. Um, so I just want to, apo- that's a long-winded apology for my listeners who may hate ASMR sounds like I do and get really irritated by them, I'm probably gonna be drinking out of my water to, like way more than I'd be able to edit it out because I do try and edit all of those gross sounds out because I hate, I really don't like those sounds. So I apologize. Okay. Um, so today's episode is super exciting. It's talking about tarot and how to use tarot for self-care. You're going to hear sounds like that throughout the episode because both of my dogs are sleeping behind me. I'm on my bed in my bedroom. Um, I got a brand new mattress. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, But we're going to talk about tarot. I wanted to bring you guys into my bedroom to do this practice because a lot of my tarot practice is actually in bed as a sort of nighttime, sleepy time thing I do. I do not really do tarot at the altar. I'm honestly the kind of person who whips out their tarot cards wherever they are. I don't. I know this might not uh, fly with a lot of people, but I don't like set up a space for tarot. Um, I don't like burn incense or call anything. Tarot is like a anywhere anytime practice for me. Um, however, I do really. Do I do enjoy the times where I do like make it this sort of like ritualistic thing and if I ever am reading for somebody else That's not myself. I I typically do like burn specific incense to the kind of reading I um anoint and cleanse my cards really well with oils and things like that I do the whole ritual thing when I've done professional readings for people because that's what they're paying for and I feel like it's easier to connect with the person when you like try and call in their guides and whatnot. But just for myself, I'm like, hey, you know what cards, like, let's do this. I'm using the Wild Unknown deck. This is the deck I use for literally all of my readings. Um, It's just the deck that calls to me the most. And since I have such a strong relationship with it, I'm able to really read it well. Um, But we're not actually gonna do readings today. I am gonna have episodes that are just readings and those are gonna be at the end of every month. As a reading for the next month so but we're not actually gonna do real readings today I'm gonna instead teach you four different ways like or methods or techniques I guess to using tarot as a form of self uh, care and it kind of seems obvious I feel like if you are already using tarot you're probably like yeah I'm like, once I start listing the techniques, you're going to be like, yeah, I do all of that already. Um, but to me, like, this was the next step in my practice. So after I learned what the cards meant and how to read them, um, this is sort of where I took my tarot. And I know it may seem obvious for some of you, but I just want to get this guidance out there for people who may be wanting this next step. Or they have, like missing links basically between how do I get from reading the cards to actually like using this in a daily practice and I'm all about that daily practice thing you know so we're gonna dive into that I'm really excited um because I get to play with the cards you know like any other of my um episodes you can obviously read this episode on my blog there's a full written version um that you, yeah, that you can read, so. <laughs> and then uh, you can obviously listen to this episode, like you can just listen to it here on YouTube, or you can listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts if you don't want to watch it. If you're listening to it now and you'd rather watch, you can go to YouTube and watch it there. Um, this is episode two, and the official title for this episode is How to Use Tarot as a Form of Self-Care. Wow, how, how creative. Okay, so the first self-care technique I'm going to teach you about for tarot is using tarot without a spread. And I feel like this is probably the scariest method of using tarot for new newbies. For people that got their tarot deck, they read maybe one book, A Beginner's Guide to Tarot, that mainly taught them about... Um, the different, like, type meanings of the cards. Maybe it taught them the history of tarot, the history of the Rider-Waite tarot, and potentially things like the Fool's Journey. Um, They've, like, newbies have probably learned, like, three spread, uh, the three spread, oh my gosh, three card spread, they've probably learned Celtic Cross. This method teaches you how to read for yourself without the Celtic Cross and without the three card spread. Um, So that way you can... Have a conversation with your deck. I'm sure you've seen the memes, the tarot memes, that are like when you get called the fuck out by a deck of cards. Like, m- this is what's going to get you to that conversational relationship with your deck. And I know this sounds so weird to talk about in an, an, a quote-unquote inanimate object, like a deck of cards, as having a relationship with it. But I really want you to think of your cards as an oracle, As a communication method. Cards are just the medium between you and a deity, between you and a guide, between you and your higher self. Um, Some people have even talked to just like spirits, like ancestors through the deck. I highly believe that this form of divination is um, one of the best ways to use to communicate with um, like anyone across the veil essentially Um, or on the like higher planes or whatever whatever speaks to you even if it's just your unconscious so using the cards that a deck is simple what you have to do is you have to begin by figuring out your question. so understand what you need to know um, and that the answers are going to come to you in a sort of journey and basically it's really simple from there so we'll I'll give you I'll show you how I do it so I start by shuffling my cards and as I do this every time I shuffle I leave my feet planted firmly on the ground heel balls of the foot toes all of that should be touching the ground both feet don't cross my legs don't sit Indian style I want my feet to be as grounded as possible because I want the energy from my crown and my third eye to run completely down my body and into the ground. So basically connecting with that higher source all the way down. Um, sort of like a lightning bolt or like electricity always needs to find needs to be grounded, so do I. Which is pretty cool considering we're just literally bags of meat electronified. So I need my elect like my electricity to have a ground. So I plant my feet even if the rest of me is sitting in a weird way like I don't I don't sit like with a different kind of posture than I normally would I just make sure my feet are planted then I shuffle and I only shuffle like I don't you don't shuffle tarot like a deck of playing cards you just do the pick up and release style of shuffling oh shiza I do this I never use cards that fall out of my deck because I'm extremely clumsy and I have very small hands Um, so like cards will always slide of my deck Um, this is another thing you'll learn as you gain that relationship with your deck is you will have rules and boundaries. My deck knows that I only pull face up. I do not do reversals and my deck knows that if a card is important that falls out of the deck like if it was trying to tell me that message, it will tell it to me again. I have made this deal with my deck. My deck knows this we've worked together for literally like six or seven years it knows that these are my rules basically i do this um sometimes you can do it where you're seeing the cards as you shuffle them sometimes you flip around so you can't see them doesn't it really doesn't matter basically i just shuffle until intuitively i feel like it's time to stop and then i ask whoever i always ask like I always say the guides but whoever gives me the answer how many times should I split the deck all right right now it's telling me three so I split it into three decks so I got one two three and then I just rearrange them willy-nilly so that's how I decide to shuffle that's how I do it and then if I'm having a conversation with my deck if I'm not using a spread I just go so the way I do it it's so off the top I pull and I ask a question so I say, uh, how is this upcoming week, um, what, I'm trying to, now I don't, I don't actually have a question I need to ask, so let me figure one out. Okay, what does this upcoming week look like for me? Oh, so I got the Lover's card, and then basically you go from here, and each card you pull is going to be a question. You can arrange it on your surface any way that feels comfortable to you. I typically do diamond patterns and I typically try and stay in fours or threes. Um, if I'm asking like sort of a journey, I'll maybe do a linear fashion. But I like cyclical, circular, like full circle patterns. So I I always start at the top. And sometimes I do like a cross, I'll do up, down, side to side. Um, sometimes if I'm pulling five, I'll do like a star pattern, I'm going to do a diamond. So my first question is, um, what does this week have in store for me? I pulled the lovers, and now you can decide if you're going to shuffle again, if you're going to re-split the deck. I typically don't. I typically pull the next one, and I say another question that helps me sort of get to what I need to know. So um, this is a great practice for if you are having difficulty explaining why you need guidance, or you just need to talk something out. So if I was really, like, let's say I'm really stressed out. Like, let's put a whole scenario to this reading. I'm real stressed out. Next week, I have, like, a big deadline. Let's say I have, like, a a final or a quiz. Not a quiz. Let's do, um, here, I got a good example. My best friend, she just took an exam that helped her get credentials that she needed to become a certified, um, like, a public health figure. So that's, like, some certification she needed. But her exam that she paid like a ridiculous amount of money for was last week. So let's pretend like I'm her and this is my, it's this week, this upcoming week. So I'm nervous. I need to know what I need to do to like, to succeed. So I ask, okay, what does my week look like? I get the lovers. Interesting. My next question would be, what is going to help me this week? I got the high priestess. Interesting, another major arcana card, I'm gonna set that down. My next question could be something like, how much will this exam impact my week? Uh oh, I got the three of swords. Next question could be something like, what's hindering me this week? Got the mother of, of cups. So then, So then maybe like the last question could be something like, what do I need to know this week? and I got the seven of wands. So then I would take my little spread that I pulled and essentially I would just look at it. Um, I would look at the patterns in it so I would think okay I have two sets of geese in it. I have the lovers which for the Wild Unknown deck is two geese and then I have the Father of Cups which is um, a swan similar like style of bird like a water bird. Um, I have wands and I have I have wands, cups, and swords, so there's no really, there's no like suits that are um, important here really. There's no pentacles, so nothing material is happening. And then I have two major arcana cards, which to me say that this week has major themes in my life. Um, I have the high priestess, which is my helper. Um, My hinderer is the mother of cups, so that's telling me like... Um, family things are going to get in the way, which kind of opposes, like, lovers, which is interesting, considering my week, if I'm thinking about this certification, isn't really focused on lovers. Anyway, I would go about that, and I would just interpret it. And a lot of times, this style of reading lends itself to in- intuitive style um, interpretations. So if you're somebody who typically like gets different feelings from cards than what the book tells you it's supposed to mean. This is a really good way to read. Um, This is also a really great way to read if you don't have the book on you and you haven't memorized all the cards. I personally think that intuitive reading, um, while it can be separated from the typical meaning of the cards, that it is just an extra layer. So you should already have a pretty good understanding of what all the cards in your tarot deck mean before you start reading intuitively, in my personal opinion. Um, But this allows you to sort of forego, like once you get to that point, you can sort of start breaking the rules, you know? So like once you know that like the High Priestess means like a very intuitive person who's still in the learning stages, who holds secrets and stuff like that, you can take this and make it mean something. Like you can manipulate the meaning to fit um, what your unconscious is trying to tell you, I guess is what I'm saying. So maybe in this scenario, the high priestess is my helper. So I'm trying to get this certification. Maybe it means that my intuition is going to come in handy. Because this is in the placement of what's going to help me. Maybe this card means that my ever willingness to learn is going to assist me. Maybe I'm going to be able to learn better. Um, while I cram for my exam. Maybe this holds the secrets, holds the oracles sort of style of meaning, tells me that I actually hold all of the knowledge I need for this exam within me. There isn't anything else I need to learn, or if it is it's not necessarily by the book, but it's instead more intuitive learning. So that's sort of how you do the first section. This is my favorite kind of reading to do typically whenever I do readings for people it is this style and I will take their main question and I will sort of dissect it into a bunch of little questions and I that's how I would create the reading for them I always suggest people too that if you're going to do this style of reading that's very intuitive focused, that's very focused on the unconscious and on un, helping you answer questions and work through problems have that conversation is to go slow Take your time. Look at all the symbols in the spread that you laid out. Look at the spread from far away as like a big picture. What colors are you getting a lot of? What numbers are you getting a lot of? Look for the patterns in your spread. Um, And then you can really dive deep into each individual card if you must. Listen to what your intuition inside is telling you too. If you pull a card and you're like, you know, I don't think this was the answer that uh, my guides or whoever is supposed to be giving me. I'm going to pull two cards here. So I'm going to pull this card. So I'm going to pull this card, but maybe this card isn't feeling right. It's not answering all the questions for this specific placement. So I'm going to pull another card and I'm going to have a clarifying, clarifying cards on top of it. This is really the best way for you to play and let tarot go guide you and sort of lead you into this tarot-led self-care practice. Okay, so the second technique takes all of that stuff that we just talked about about like reading tarot intuitively and without a spread and it makes it a regular routinely practice by helping you develop spreads. Um, Creating your own personal spreads to me is one of the funnest, most like creative ways to do tarot. So um, this is also best if you find yourself drawing cards for the same reason or the same event. So if if you're drawing cards every full moon and they're typically asking around the same questions, maybe you should just develop your own personalized spread for them. This also works if you have a grimoire that you are hoping to create as like your universal grimoire um, or a grimoire that you have as a guidebook that you sort of pass down generation to generation. I know that's definitely a goal that I've thought would be pretty cool for myself. Um, So developing tarot spreads allows you to do this in a way that um, makes it more permanent, I guess. So the way you would do this is you would just sort of think about why you need a personal tarot spread. Like I said, it's typically for an event, so maybe you like every birthday you do a like birthday tarot spread for yourself where you think about like what you've learned the past year how you can take that learning and apply it to this upcoming year and then what to look forward to in the upcoming year so maybe that's a three card spread right there and you write it down and you pull it every single year okay so we're really gonna kind of get in the weeds here with creating tarot spreads so the first thing you need to do is uncover your use case so this would be like how often you need to use this spread, and typically it always aligns with an event or a time. So maybe that's your birthday, maybe that's the New Year, or every new or full moon, or something like that. Maybe it's a question that you find asking const not constantly, but frequently. Something like, um, "Is this a good idea?" And so every time you have a question about a new i a new project or idea you have, you're gonna ask the cards, "Is this a good idea?" And so you need to figure out your use case. So the next thing you'd want to do is create the story around that use case. Almost all tarot spreads in some way or another have a beginning, middle, end. Even if like it doesn't seem like that at first, they do. So the beginning would be the like root cause question. Um, This helps you understand like the underlying issue or the true underlying reason for why you have this question, for more event-based things, this could be the past um, placement. So this could be something like, what have I learned? Or what, like, what is, well, this could also, I guess, be the present for more like, moon phases or sabbat, um, spreads. But it's, it's more about like, what's happening now or what happened in the past. Um, or what prompted this question, or this spread. The mi- the middle we'll get to in a minute, but then the end is typically about the outcome. So if your first question or your beginning question is, what have I learned, then maybe the um, end question is something along the lines of, what will I need to know? So then you sort of have a beginning and an end. Um, this is considered, like I said, this is considered your outcome question. So if you're really unsure what to put here, you could just put outcome. For like moon phases or something like that, you could say, what is the outcome of this full moon? Things like that. So then the middle is where the actual story happens. So what do you need to know or what do you need to figure out to get to point from point A to point B? So we're going to stick with that, like what have I learned versus what do I need to know? So maybe in that journey from what have I learned to what do I need to know you have cards that outline things like who's helping me with this who's hindering me with this with the who not necessarily meaning a person it could mean like anything you can also have things that are like what are my fears pertaining this or what happens if I do nothing so basically you have like those sections within the spread Developing this part of the spread takes the longest amount of time because there's a lot of thought that should go into it about what you need to know. And then once you have the like time when you want to use the spread consistently and the actual spread itself, then all that you need to do with this is do it and then tweak. So doing the spread. So every new moon, commit to yourself. That you're going to do your own tarot spread you made for like three months. And at the end of the reading, ask yourself, like, did this actually answer any of my questions? Did I actually get the knowledge that I wanted out of this? And if not, tweak it. Add more questions. Add clarifying cards. Do whatever you need to do to get more out of it. Okay, so the third way to use tarot as a form of self-care is a super fun one because it doesn't actually have anything to do with... Reading the tarot, but it does have a lot to do with tarot, and that is developing an archetype around a card. And this is so fun to do. I like to do this at the beginning of years. Um, it's fun to do on your birthday, and it's like typical of like universal thing. How do I explain that? So like we're in an emperor year right now. I guess is my point. So like you, sometimes you don't even need to pull your own archetype. There's just one sort of placed for you by the numerology of the year. Um, But this is also good to sort of uncover things that you think you need to learn. So if I'm, I, if I, let's say, oh, I know the perfect example. So we're getting a little vulnerable right now, but I have been extremely unbalanced. Luckily it's Libra season, so I'm very self-aware about that right now. But I need to become balanced I need to find equilibrium within my life because if I don't I am gonna go nuts um, essentially so maybe what I need to do is get myself in a spot like like teach myself how to be the kind of person that finds balance so essentially what I would do is I would just rifle through my deck Until I find the card that represents um, balance. That maybe represents clarity. Oh, that's a good one. And typically you're going to choose a major arcana card. But sometimes you'll find that a minor arcana card really speaks to you. A good one is, I think the nine of pentacles it's a woman she's wearing like a beautiful dress and she's like showcasing all of these pentacles on a bush so here are some examples so i have like the empress is a good one to understand balance not necessarily because the empress the empress's typical meaning is balance um but because she sort of is like an adult She, to me, represents the fully formed version of the High Priestess. Like, the High Priestess is going to evolve into the Empress. And you can sort of see that these cards are very similar. They both have the moon here. We go, obviously, it's a tiger versus a tree. Um, But you have, like, purples and sort of like this, like, object, this crystal ball with all the knowing in it. To the knowing or the color is in the tree itself. And also because you have, like, the moon is in a different spot in the sky. It's sort of like you can see time passing. But, um, so maybe the Empress is a great example of an archetype for me needing balance. Maybe it's Temperance. Being able to play with both fire and ice together. Maybe it's just simply Justice. This is typically the card of balance. I could pick any of these to become myself uh, care archetype and basically the, so like what I'm doing is the first step I did was I defined what I really needed right now and that was balance um, I thought about like what kind of lessons I need to learn what will help me continue to grow and evolve in life right now and then I dug through the major arcana and I found cards that I thought would suit that sort of I don't know theme You can, like I said, you can also do a minor arcana if any of them stick out to you. Or if you have specific concerns with anything that's related to the suit. So, this card is a minor arcana card, which might be good for more clarity. It's the Four of Wands. And it sort of creates this, like, eyeball shape. You have, like, the um, center being, like, the point of focus. And wands typically mean ideas. So, this would be a great card if I needed, like... Clarity on ideas. However, I personally just need balance overall, so I'd probably choose the Major Arcana. And then the funnest part is creating a Dedication a dedicated practice. So let's say I picked the Empress. So what I would do is I would go online and I'd lead I would read a ton of different Interpretations on the Empress from Biddy Tarot to like Etony Tarot. I would read about the Empress in like Benabel Wen's book, The Holistic Tarot, I would go and I would read a bunch of external sources about the Empress. If there are any books written just about this card, I would read those books. And then I would do my own internal analysis. So I'd ask myself things like, how do I feel about this card? Do I feel like I can live up to this card? What lessons have I learned from this card? And what resonates about this card to me that I feel like will help me on this journey I'm going through? I also then need to, in my like little dedication practice, I could draw this card, I could embody this card like in how I dress. So if your card is like the High Priestess, you could think like, what would the High Priestess wear today? And you could wear clothes like that. You can, like I like to use my uh, Rider Waite tarot as my archetypal deck. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't use the um, Wild Unknown deck for this because this is my reading deck and I need to be whole. But a lot of times I will take cards out of my writer weight and I will like put them on my mirror or I'll put them in my notebook because I know I don't really read with it. So it's okay if it's like my cards are all over the place. But you can put the card that you need as your archetype somewhere you're going to see it every day. I used to do that all the time with my phone case. I'd put a mini card in the back of my phone case so I could see it. And then basically I would begin to do things in my daily life that brought that card's archetype to the forefront. um, And start thinking like that. Lastly, you just essentially grow into your archetype. And you begin to learn those lessons and become like... Have that archetype transform yourself. So if I wanted to, if I was using the Empress as my archetype, I would want to eventually, quote unquote, become her. I would want to embody the Empress. I'd want to give off the Empress vibes. Until I felt that those lessons, like I had absorbed everything I needed to absorb for that moment. And um, it was time to move on. And sometimes this is going to resonate. So sometimes you're going to be like, holy shit, yeah, I picked the correct card, the Empress, I need everything I need to know from this. I need to learn so much from this card. And there'll be other times where you're like, oh, I picked the Four of Wands and I learned, I read all those interpretations online and now I feel like I know everything I need to know. There's not really much more for me to do. And that's okay. Maybe that's all you need to get out of it. But going through that sort of journey is an awesome part about self-care in this sense because it makes like, gives you like an external force, an external sense of inspiration. You don't have to be the supplier of it all the time, if that makes sense. So then the last technique is probably the most obvious of them all. If you've read tarot for a long time, this is going to seem very familiar. This is how I've read tarot for a long time. But it's reading tarot to connect directly with your guides, or to connect de- directly with the divine, or spirits. Uh, this is the, probably the most like spiritual of all the little techniques I've been giving you. But basically, this is putting your faith completely in an outside force to control the deck. So you would shuff- you would do everything you normally do. And I. this is how I read for other people. So I typically do that ritualistic practice where I create a sacred space with incense. I'll set out crystals that I think are very important. Um, I will like set up a sacred space. I will call the intention for how I want the space to be used and who is allowed in the energy, who's not allowed in. I will sometimes even create the cone of energy if I feel like I need a lot of power or if the client I'm working with is really far away. And then I sit and I meditate with the deck, and I call in guides, and I only let guides in that I feel are have like the good vibes, you know. Um, then I shuffle, and then everything from there becomes about faith, which is probably the hardest part for me. Uh, I'm like a secular witch, so I I am very agnostic. I don't feel called to any one, like i do not not a pagan, I don't feel called to any deities or anything, except for maybe Hecate. She's been the only deity that's really, I feel, resonated, and I can't tell if she's actually calling to me, or if I just think, as an archetype, she's cool. Um, I did try and dedicate myself to Persephone, but I feel like we didn't, while I feel like I learned a lot from her... I don't think I did it right. And so I don't think she ever actually showed up. I think I was just hanging out with a cool archetype. Um, anyway, but this is, I can do this really easily with guides for some reason. Guides, like guides and I, we vibe, man. We, we can, we can, uh, we can have a party, you know, it's really easy for me to get in touch with like other people's guides and it's really cool getting to see all of them in my mind's eye, like, this is the most spiritual ever I've ever gotten, is doing tarot readings for other people and having their guides, like, show up. I've never met my spirit guides, but I can meet other people's. One guide I met was, like, a freaking bear, and he just, like, showed up. He's like, hey, bruh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm getting way off to- topic. But basically, I would have, like, each, I would have the guides, like, set their hand on my shoulder, um, and then I would, be like, all right, through me, control the deck. And so I would let them shuffle for however long long they wanted. I would then start pulling cards. And basically I would, I knew what questions my client wanted answered. So I would ask them, I would be like, okay, why does my client feel this way? And then I'd pull a card and be like, and then they'd say, all right, you're gonna pull a card from the middle. Okay. And they, and I would ask like, what does this week look like for so-and-so client? What, what should they expect? Ah, then I pull that middle middle card they want. Basically, I pull until they say to stop, and then we have a conversation about it. So, it's very similar to the very first technique I shared with you where you're using the cards without a um without a a spread. When I typically would do polls for clients I would develop that spread before I would pull any cards I would sit and I would do the same kind of like mental exercise of like okay what questions do I need to ask how do I get from here to there um but I wouldn't pull any cards yet just so I just so I had a guide while I did their spread just in case I didn't want things go off the rails and I end up pulling like 15 cards um for logistics sake But that's typically what I would do. I would just have this conversation and and trust the process and trust that the answers I was getting were correct. This is the craziest way to pull tarot, in my opinion. In the sense that you're going to get really unexpected answers. Um, Typically when you create your own spreads and stuff like that, I find that the cards sort of like lend themselves to you. They sort of speak nicer to you or they or they don't pull as many wild cards. They're just kind of like, oh, well, play into your hand a little bit. But this method I feel like is extreme, like way more volatile. Not necessarily in like a negative way. Just in like an energetic way of like, we're going balls to the wall right now. I'm really getting for real answers. Um, this, is the, this is what people mean when they say they got called out by a deck of cards. Is when they're doing it with like full faith in the spirit to guide them and not just I pulled a f- four cards from a spread I made for New Year's Eve you know but uh yeah so I this that's it that's the entire episode I really hope you liked it this I could talk about tarot forever so I'm kind of cutting it short and I work I literally have to clock into work in six hours so I need to go to bed <laughs> which is another reason why I chose my room to film so I can literally just close all this up scoot it over and pass out um but thanks for hanging out with me I'm really excited for this episode and to share it with you thanks for coming to the midnight spa I said this in the last episode but I'm gonna say it again in case you missed it Um, Midnight Espa is just, like, the word for a coven gathering that's not on a Sabbath. So, it's, like, a non-Beltanay gathering. It's, like, a, it's, like, a, like, instead of a holiday church gathering, it's just, like, your every Sunday style. That's what this is. This is just our, like, get-together that we have, our regular like coven gathering where we just have like a different topic we're going to discuss every week to learn more about our spirituality. So this week was about using tarot's self-care. So- Lastly, um, I want to do a little pitch. You can see at the end of my blog post, I do have the pitch for this. Um, I, like two or in 2017, I think, I shared something called "I want to learn to read tarot in five days," which was a mini course. Um, it had a email course that you followed, and in the email course, it was a video per day, which was at least ten minutes, including live videos with questions and answers, and live readings. And it had a um, tarot cheat sheet, a workbook to use during the quit or during the class, the course. And um, a full like digital tarot journal page that you could use to learn to read tarot. So I am I put that back up on my website. It, you do have to pay for it now, which kind of sucks. I know but it's 15 bucks you get the whole thing and you get it forever um, and it will be sent to your email. So I do want to pitch that in case you are a beginner and you want to learn to read tarot. A bunch I a bunch of people thought it was valuable so I and I keep getting, DMs and emails about it all the time. So I figured I would put it back up there for you guys if you want it. But yeah, it's there. You can find it. I'm gonna link to it. But yeah, thanks for hanging out with me tonight. It was so awesome getting to see you. I'm gonna go to bed now. I hope you go to bed now. (laughs) But yeah. Oh, next week? Wait, hold up. We gotta talk about next week's episode. Next week's episode is gonna be uh, south. Samhain initiation. I'm gonna explain to you what I'm doing during that time or what I maybe maybe like what I would want to do. I'm going on I'm going to a wedding on the 31st so I don't know if I'll actually be able to do this to the extent that I want to do it but or I'll have to do it during the day I guess but I'm going to share with you everything that I typically planned to do every Samhain. It's like a reinitiation ceremony, and I've explained it countless times on Reddit already, so I figured I'd make it a whole episode, but that's gonna be super exciting. I'm really excited for that one. So yeah, join me next weekend for Samhain initiation. All right, I am so loopy now. I gotta go to bed. (laughs) See you later, guys. Bye, Kevin.